Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Jake Mathis, and this is from Bob's office. It is Thursday, January 23rd, and it is a cold one today. This is true. This, we need a heater situation in this room. Um, I'm Jacob Bomber, and the next voice you hear belongs to one of the most influential men in our local realm of youth ministry. He had a career as a professional athlete and now helps influence the lives of young athletes all over Southern California, and we are incredibly excited and honored to have him here with us today, ladies and gentlemen, Traco Rochelle. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Did I pronounce it right? Because you you absolutely did. I've yeah, I've heard okay. my name butchered <laughs> in the sports realm so many different times. So, but I, you 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 got it absolutely right. Sweet, because I'm pretty sure I've heard it in the past, and just but I meant to double check beforehand because I've gotten facts wrong on the show before. So, oh yes, he has. So whoops, but we did good. So we're just gonna talk about our weekends real quick. Do you have any? Um, this Jake, weekend Jake had a rough one. This weekend, I, I spent Sunday crying mostly because of the Packers. Um, yeah, that's about it. I don't remember anything else. <laughs> Wait, what? Did, I literally don't think I did anything Friday or Saturday. We could have prepared you for that. We already knew going into this weekend, you know, it wasn't going to be a... I had faith. <laughs> Saturday, or Friday, I mean, I just worked. And then I think I walked home, which is wild because it was really cold. And then... A little bit of a walk, too. Yeah. Like two miles. I saw the Panda Express. It was nice. Saturday, I, I don't think I did anything Saturday. I probably would have walked too after the the Packers game. <laughs> Just clear your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jake. We talked about it a lot on our sports podcast from earlier, so check that out. Um, I had a phenomenal weekend. I got to play in a beach frisbee tournament. There's a huge tournament that's been going on. I want to say this is like year 20, at least, of this tournament. Oh, wow. Um, for the longest time, it was held in Santa Monica. It's called Layout. And over the years, it had slowly built up. And there were upwards of 250 teams at one point, all nice. competing in one tournament. Um, some dissension happened along the way. So one group split off and did their own tournament. So this tournament, Layout, a few years ago, moved down to Huntington Beach. And another tournament started up in Santa Monica called Throwback. And so the Huntington, the layout this year, we had 190 teams. And there Jeez. were another, like, 80 to 100 teams up at Throwback. So wow. in Southern California, there were well over 250 teams playing with probably over 3,000, 4,000 people playing Ultimate wow. on the beaches. So awesome. it's a ton of fun. It's like a huge family reunion every year that everybody comes from literally all over the country, different parts of the world, to come hang out and play in this tournament. So I had the opportunity to play with Matt and Owen Schaff and a couple of their friends and a couple other people we knew. And it was a great time. We had a couple other young teenagers on the team play with us, and kids are so good at everything. It's nuts. Um, so the opportunity, because our team – our team name, stupid team name that I came up with that someone should have changed, but we call ourselves the Under OGs. <laughs> Why? Standing, standing <laughs> for that. <laughs> standing for being under a certain age and over a certain age. So it was underaged and old guys is what it was supposed to stand for. Um, because we had, initially we had more people that were 17 and under, but it ended up being, we had, I think, six players who were 20 and younger. And then we had another six or seven players who were 30 and older. So our entire team was 20 That's funny. and younger. That, there's 30 no mid. Wow. <laughs> and so 
that's not generally how teams are put together. Usually people in their mid-20s are more at their athletic peak. Um, but we had we had a great time. It was awesome. Playing, playing Frisbee on the beach is probably the most fun I can have doing anything. And it was a full weekend. We got to play a bunch of different people from a bunch of different places. And then Matt graciously hosted us at his home, and he's got a heated pool and a jacuzzi. And so... I never get to just chill in a jacuzzi for two hours after a full day of playing. Oh, that's awesome. So I was feeling nice on day two and then afterwards. So I had a fantastic weekend doing that stuff. Next wow. year, Ian Silva and my team is going to yeah. win it all. So they don't actually play ultimate. <laughs> we haven't played a single time. <laughs> I've play, Actually, I played like one time, and I caught like three scores, and I, I broke up a pass. So I'm... He just never invites me, but I'm like, I'm probably just too good. You're it's legit. Fun. You're yeah. a legit player. That's yeah, man. why. You're he's a threat. Just... You're a threat. Exactly. And you're not, you're, you're in your 20s, right? Yeah, so exactly. So you don't fit the format yeah, of he, the, the under-olders. Exactly. The un, what is it? The under-older, older OGs? OGs, old guys. Underage yeah. and old guys. I'll, yeah. I'll like come up with a cool name about middle-aged. Be like, not middle-aged, but like mid-20 team-wise, like. We'll be like the. Uh, well, yeah. If you road. can, if you can manage to convince Cody to join your team, I know. And then you'd have you, Ian, Cody. You could probably get Travis and Kyle. Travis already liked the comment, so I'm like, Travis is in. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I'm, I'm making a team. Because what's good about the tournament is they split it up into competition levels. So like, if you are an elite team wanting to come in and play really high, good competition, then you join that one. And then there's four more levels below that. So our team playing this weekend, we were playing in the middle level, and we had fun. But, like, the bottom levels, they progressively get to a point where people party more. So the people <laughs> at the bottom are really not – they don't care about the Frisbee at all. They're just there to hang out and drink and have fun right. and throw a Frisbee around every now and then. Um, so we so think, my team would destroy. We think they can come <laughs> in and at least – have a good time throwing the frisbee around and hanging out with people who aren't really there. To so why in January of all months <laughs> that that right there? If you're gonna have this big weekend on the beach, yeah, in the most unpredictable month that just does not make so that much. I mean, sense. and it's specifically MLK weekend because it gives everybody the extra day to like figure their lives out. Now that's different, home. okay. Right, so, but there are other Mondays, but it's the college season is starting up around now. And so there was a tournament two weekends ago. There's another tournament next weekend. And then, like, once March hits, there are tournaments all the time. And we have the pro season starting up. So all the teams are having tryouts right now. The Aviators have another tryout this weekend. And then the season starts the beginning of April. So from basically the start of March through at least May, there is college stuff going on all the time. So mm -hmm. all those people are busy doing that. And then even... From May through mid to end of July, there's Pro Ultimate every weekend. And so that is a big thing. And the club season starts. Teams start having tryouts in March and April, and those first tournaments start happening May, June. So from <laughs> from March through July, there is an insane amount of Ultimate going on everywhere. Okay. And so the only times really to get good tournaments like this in would be around December, January. Makes sense. But December's the holidays. That, and how many, yeah. how many yeah. pros were sense. out this weekend, would you say? A lot. I I mean, I only saw a few of them, but we had in our aviators chat, we had guys like competing to see who could get the most pictures with the most teammates <laughs> at places. And one of our friends, Alex, he didn't sign up on a team this weekend. He just showed up Saturday morning and he just like walked on a field 
hung out with some people, played a couple points, moved to the next field, played a couple points, moved to the next field, and he just like oh, wow. he just had a great day hanging out with dozens and dozens of people, playing on a bunch of different teams, and he did that all weekend, and he had a great time. So we think he won that competition by seeing basically everybody, whereas most of us just stayed with our team pretty much on one field the whole time. Um, so so that was. Yeah, there were people all over the place. I Do think. you ever get recognized by like fans and stuff? You're like, you're that guy from the Aviators, that people, one tall guy. People from nobody cares about Los Angeles Ultimate. And <laughs> no, but like I mean, of the people of the on my team community. who are important, no, I'm not very important in that way. Like I have my friends, I have my teammates, and I have some San Diego people and Santa Barbara people that I know pretty well. So like, I'll make it a point to say hi to them and hang out with them a little bit, but. I, I don't have like random people just being like, "Oh, you're Jacob Bomber for the." No one does that. That's not a darn. <laughs> so. And do, do they have player cards and stuff for? I mean, there aren't like <laughs> there aren't like trading cards. Yeah, or anything. Why not? There should Come be. Come on, you guys, you guys got to expand. Your I mean, brain. maybe on the East Coast, like the Midwest <laughs> and East Coast, Ultimate is way bigger. They get like thousands of fans to show up to their games. Oh, We're wow. working on it. We're in the couple hundred range at the moment, trying to build that up. Um, so if you want to make a youth event out of it one day, I will hook it up with some discount yeah, tickets that'd and be awesome. get a bunch of people to show up. I would be all in on that. Um, cause we play our games at Culver city high school. Really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So it's closer than it used to be. It used to be up at Occidental and that that, nice turf field over there at yeah, Culver city. Huh? We, we like it. So it's, it's a bit easier to get to more central location for everybody. It's a nice field. It's not too big and daunting. When we were playing at Occidental, their bleachers, like, if you didn't have enough people show up, it looked pretty sad. Yes. <laughs> but at Culver City, it's a high school field, so it gets full pretty quick. Right. And so we like that. Um, but, yeah, that was a little ultimate recap. What's your last week been like? Did you do anything fun this week? Uh, Getting better. Um, when you have three little ones at home, mm-hmm. um, you know, your weekends are always unpredictable, <laughs> fun, and uh, just full of exploration. Mm-hmm. So maybe not on your terms of exploring, no, I, but <laughs> it doesn't even matter. But, yeah, um, you know, I, I was getting over uh, cold slash flu, whatever, mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Going on in the body, got it from my daughter. So, yeah. but it was all good. I mean, sick in the house means nothing to kids. Yeah. So you know, you're just go time. you're a human jungle gym at, <laughs> at all times. So whether you're sick or not, you know, if I'm just laying down in the bed, that means okay, now he's a trampoline. We can just <laughs> bounce on him. Hop on pop. <laughs> Hop on pop. But uh, it was good. You know, it's always good just hanging out, you know, with the family on the weekends. That's typically my weekend is uh, is always filled up with, you know, just trying to spend time with the family, the wife, the kids, and, yeah. um, you know, just let them be. But it was, it, was, it was good other than, you know, not being 100%. Right. Sounds like typical dad life. Yeah. <laughs> typical dad life is amazing. When, when was the last time you felt 100%? I feel like it's really hard to ever be 100% either fully well, healthy or fully rested. Well, I haven't been 100% even prior to being a dad because of sports. Yeah. So I can't tell you. <laughs> I think the, the last time I was really 100% was probably when I was like three. <laughs> it's been a while. Oh, man. Understandable. <laughs> All right. Well, we took it back there. What What was life like? 
as a kid? What was young Traco's? What was family? Who siblings? Parents? What did they do? What did that look like? Uh, well, my dad's an engineer, okay. um, so he was always uh, working on uh, plane parts and things like that. He used to work for um, Drummond, um, and then he moved on to a company called Garrett, um, which works more on like aero uh, technology type of engineering. Okay. So that's what he still currently does now. Wow. Um, was that relatively local? Have you been around here? Yes, it was, okay. it was. It's by LAX, okay. so okay. where where all the plane, uh, you know, buildings or whatever, yep. the, those companies they all reside Got right it. there by LAX. So we was always at LAX or near LAX growing <laughs> up. Um, so hearing planes was, you know, it's a normal sound Sound, now. soundtrack to your life. <laughs> Um, but I, you know, we grew up, I grew up with a big family. I have uh, four older brothers and older sister and two oh, wow. younger oh, wow. uh, sisters. So oh, wow. uh, I'm the baby boy. So, you know, getting a chance to, you know, see all of my older brothers, you know, play sports, yeah. and do life. Um, you know, it catapulted me a little earlier. So I started I playing sports at four. That's why I said three was the last time <laughs> I was really healthy. Um, because when I was four, I broke my kneecap. Oh man. Wow. Broke my kneecap when I was four, um, and you know couldn't stop me from there. So, yeah, it that's was, so crazy because like <laughs> when you're young, like your bones are supposed to be like not easy to break, and I bet the kneecap is not easy to break. So that's crazy. <laughs> well, the interesting story. Many people don't know this story. So, ooh, inside scoop. So the interesting story is. Um, you know, as a typical four-year-old, you notice things. So I kept noticing my shadow. Like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, why is this guy always ahead of me? Yeah. And being the competitor that I <laughs> that I am, unfortunately, I set out to race him. Oh I'm gonna no! Race him. Not knowing that if I turn certain ways, that I would be in front of my shadow, that he'll be behind me. Another way, he'll be behind me. But you know. He was always there. So I'm racing my shadow, and I'm looking at my shadow as I'm racing him oh, no. or it. Oh, no. As, you know, yeah. it goes. And, you know, unfortunately, because I'm looking at my shadow, I don't see the pole, the oh, big no. cement light pole oh, that man. is erected in the sky oh, on no. every side of the street. <laughs> and, yes, I run into the cement light pole head and knee so oh man my knee my kneecap was twisted all the way to the inside oh. uh, i had the biggest knot uh on my head oh man and mind you i was four <laughs> so i mean i I don't remember my reaction. Yeah. I just remember my mother's reaction of <laughs> someone bringing me home to the door and her seeing me and the yells and the screams. And there's something about when someone else's scream. Like you don't feel it. Because yeah, you're, you're like, I'm still alive. I'm alive. I can still I'm feel. out of it. I don't yeah. really know what happened. But it's the look and terror on others' faces and yeah. their soundtrack that really kind of make and play, uh, yep. you know, the the – the scariness in yours. So my mom yelled and screamed. I yelled and screamed <laughs> immediately. And um, I had to stay in the hospital for a little bit of time, and they gave me a hip cast. So I had a cast all the way up to my hip. Wow. And all it, the way down through your leg, like below the toes, knee? toes, oh. 
from toes to hip. Wow. You must, for an active four-year-old, that <laughs> must have been the worst thing ever. Yep, and they told me that I cannot run. They they literally <laughs> told me that and told my mother that I would be lucky to just walk normal again. Huh. Ever? That ever. was their wow. initial That was prognosis. their initial Jeez. response to my yeah. injury. Wow. They told my mom that I would be lucky if I regain strength enough to just walk normal because that's how bad my kneecap was out wow. of place in my knee and it constantly popped out um you know after that but yeah it was you know tough for me i think i lasted a week before uh, i i learned how to maneuver in my cast around the house and get back to playing again and doing stuff so yeah, oh, man. It, it was it was tough for a moment, but you know, couldn't keep me down. Uh, crazy, clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> so, was your mom just around the house all the time, or is she working too? Uh, she that? worked too. Uh, she worked um, at 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 the um, hospital. Okay. Oh, okay. And then she ended up, you know, just because of my dad, um, you know, he didn't want her out, so she ended up stopped working at the hospital and just kind of being. Nurse mom at home, <laughs> which when you have five boys, uh, that alone yeah. is going to keep Full-time you pretty busy um, all the time. So I'm glad that my dad, you know, allowed my mom to just yeah. be home um, to take care. I think it was strategy on his part, though, <laughs> to, to take care of the craziness. So when he Pretty came smart. home, he could just, <laughs> <laughs> he oh, would, everything yeah, looks good yeah, here. I'm just going to yeah, hang it, out. It, it, he wouldn't have to do anything, but yeah. <laughs> so but, what's the age range from oldest to youngest? Uh, so, separated? um, the going from oldest, uh, my oldest sister now, so I'll go ages now. Mm-hmm. Uh, my oldest sister, she just turned, uh, 53, mm-hmm. and then it's 52, 51. Oh, that was, that was quick. And then, yes, 52, 51, 50. Wow. <laughs> and then 47, 44, 38. Okay. And then... 29. Wow. That is a large age range. It is a very large age range. <laughs> yes. And the boys, it went girl, boy, 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 boy. Oh, girl, man. girl. <laughs> Poor her. Yeah. So, yeah. I, that, she actually wanted me to be a girl. I'm so glad <laughs> that I disappointed her. <laughs> <laughs> they even had a name and stuff oh, wow. already for a girl thinking, you know, especially back in the early 70s. It wasn't yeah. like, you want to know what your baby is? Yeah. It was. <laughs> you just found out. Oh, man. <laughs> so, you know, they actually told my mom they thought that I was going to be a girl. Uh, I was born early. I was a preemie. Mm. By how much? Uh, I was over a little over a month. Oh, wow. So I was born in, in December, and I was supposed to be born late January. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, and which is definitely by God's design and plan. I was a breech baby. You guys know what breech means? Not no. Entirely. Breech means you're born, you come out feet first. Oh, I wasn't okay. fully, I wasn't rotated. Yeah. Because I was early. 
So they had to break my feet. Yeah, that's the exact to wrong way oh. to get. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. You were. So like when people ask like, "What was the first thing you ever broke?" You're like, "Well, my feet." Well, my feet. <laughs> Although I don't remember. But yeah, no, they 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 were broken. Uh, yeah, so I was a breech baby, and I was still over seven pounds. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> so, so you can just imagine. Thank, thank God, thank God for your mom, <laughs> for my mom. Oh man, <laughs> she'd have been not happy a whole month later. Man. So, so what? What like? What does everybody do? Just a brief overview. Maybe not. Uh, well, my, my sister, the oldest, uh, she uh, works in social work. Okay. Um, my oldest brother, um, he he's just retired. He works uh, for the same company that he's worked for for like ever. Dang. Retired at 52? Well. Roughly? That's... Well, not really retired. Well, yes, due to injury. He's okay. kind of retired. Um. My brother that is younger than, or the, my second oldest brother, um, he got diagnosed with uh, bipolar um, mm-hmm. when we were a little older, so um, which explained a lot of things for us mm-hmm. of you know about him. Yeah, he was probably the most. He was not probably. He was the most uh, decorated and in, in athletic out of all of us. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was projected to to go. Um, played professionally, uh, you know, for a very long time. Yeah. You know, he got, uh, you know, recognized early on in high school and, mm-hmm. you know, all those different things. But um, right after high school, um, an incident happened with him, which we think kind of triggered it. Yeah. Um, some guys jumped on him and hit him with a bat. Uh-oh. Oh. Yeah. That'll. So, um Jealousy. He was an awesome uh, football player, and mm. and just at the wrong place and at a party, and some guys saw him and you know decided to you know take their anger out because he was a good football yeah. player and they mm-hmm. weren't from a different school, and so that so that you That's know terrible. we we so we as a family had to kind of deal with yeah yeah that with him. Um, my, uh, the brother younger than him, he's a writer. He writes, he writes, um, he writes for blogs. He writes for, um, independent contracts for different magazines or companies and stuff like that. So just writing articles, going out, covering stuff. He he covers some sports stuff, um, a, a little bit, uh, back then, but more just, you know, just writing, writing a story, yeah, writing stories, story. things like that. That's cool. Uh, my brother next to me, he played in the NFL for a number of years with the Chargers, and mm-hmm. and now he coaches at Servite High School. Oh, wow. um, then there's me. Do I have to explain what I do now? <laughs> we can or get there. We'll get, get there. there. <laughs> uh, then my 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 youngest sister or my younger yeah. uh, sister and my youngest sister, they both. Uh, work in the the medical industry, mm, so awesome. they're both. Uh, one works um, in dental, and the other works in yeah. the hospital. Nice. That's big families like that always intrigue me because it's like, where is everybody gonna go? Yes. And what is every, like? Is everybody in a similar path? Is everybody just bonkers everywhere? And you you all seem to cover quite 
quite a range. Yeah, yeah. but it was it's funny because we it stemmed from sports. Like mm-hmm. we are a sports family. My mom yeah. was our first football coach. That's I, awesome. Yeah, my mom and my dad, you know, they, you know, we're a very big sports family. Yeah. You know, I guess when you have five boys, it's kind of hard yeah. for you not to, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, tackle the idea of sports might be a part of your life for a very yeah. long time. Yeah. And then my sister, my oldest sister, she was uh, one of the first women, if not the first, if, if I'm if I'm correct, to break or to run under 11 seconds in the 100. So wow. in high school, oh. she went 10-9. Wow. At wow. Dominguez High School. Yeah, she was, she was fast. I never we, broke 10-9. <laughs> yeah, she was she was the fastest out of all of us for a while. Like, you know, you kind of hated to admit it, but like, yeah, my sister's faster than all of us. <laughs> Right. That would be that would be a yeah. rough price for it five. Yeah, boys it was it was like. well, it was a pill that we really had to swallow <laughs> because it was it was legitimate. She yeah. was really faster than all of us. That's awesome. And um, you know, she had a you know she had a a, a career path laid out for her for track and field mm-hmm. that got snatched away from her uh, when she was uh, in high school. Her senior year, she was getting ready to. She had just qualified for the state meet for the mm-hmm. hundred and the relay, and she was getting ready to run the two hundred. Um, she was projected to win the 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 the, the state yeah. uh, track meet in the one and two. And as she's stretching on the ground, and I re- I remember this vividly because we're in the stands, we're in the bleachers, we're watching it. Yeah. Um, and she's sitting down stretching, and it's like a guy and a girl just like playing around on the field, chasing each other, and they had their spikes on, and they oh. both ran across her leg. That is <laughs> and she terrible. never ran again because the spikes straight into her straight yeah. in, and it messed up her nerves and her legs. Gosh. So it wasn't just like oh, oh she got man. spiked in the calf. No, it was it was, it was damage that was done. Yep. I oh my god. I'm not a fighter, but if I saw that happen to someone on my team because I ran track, I would oh man, that would oh yeah <laughs> yeah. You know that's a no no. Oh that, know, that's an absolute like, that no-no. is so terrible. Like <sighs> yeah, I can't even fathom that. Like ah, uh. it was tough. It was tough for us. I mean, dev, you know, definitely it was devastating for her because yeah. she had big dreams and plans to oh, you know. Man. And then here's here's the kicker, like. The girls that she has, that she had beat already yeah. that year, who are like the number two, you know. Yeah, but they, she's clearly better than. They won gold medals for the U.S. Olympics team. What? Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. So, yeah. 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 So, I mean, so obviously there's part of you that's, it's like cool to know that you were better than that, but it's. Devastating to know the unknown, that you, you know? were, yeah, you know, you were destined to be on that path, but then you know, yeah. it's it's you know the reality of God's plan. Yeah. Wow, that sometimes is hard to swallow, but obviously He has, you know, other doors for us to walk through, as yeah. you know, she's doing now, and you know, she's better for it. So, wow. <laughs> so, dang. So your path. What did what did school look like? Where did you get where did you go to high school? What did college look like? I uh, went to Carson High School. Okay. Um, the greatest football high school uh, in, in Southern California. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we've had 
we've had some poly people in here, and they would. Uh, be uh, well, very upset you know, poly poly never wanted to play Carson. You know, when I was in high school right. and stuff. So, you know, they would play our rivals. This is true facts, and anyone from Poly would tell you they would they would say that no, we were not scared to play Carson. But in reality, you guys always play Banny. You never played us. <laughs> yeah. So we always had to play the number one and number two team in the state um, because we could not play a team that was around the corner from us that was pretty good yeah. that we wanted to play. And we asked every year, and we got turned down every year. Wow. Um, but, you know, when we have, you know, we have uh, – a Let's just say our coach is the winningest coach in California State mm-hmm. history, something like that. He was, you know, until I guess someone just passed him recently. But yeah. for and he's been retired from Carson High School for over twenty years. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't know the history of, I don't know the history so, of you know, Southern California that's, High School that's football. Pretty, that's, that's I didn't start pretty, paying yeah. attention to it because I was in high school. I graduated in '03. So that was back like when Polly had like Mercedes Lewis and Herschel Dennis and mm-hmm. Darnell Bing and those guys. I um, did not know Mercedes Lu- Mercedes Lewis went to uh, Polly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I, I knew he was Long Beach, but I didn't know Polly. I used to work I used to work out with him with, with Mercedes. Um a lot. He's a Packer. And and Herschel. Yeah. Um that's, Dennis a lot. So that's where my like high school football mm-hmm. sense starts. So I have no idea what the lay of the land was like before that. I oh, don't know we how were long amazing. Ago. So, so if you ever did history, Carson and Banny is the biggest played high school game other than Garfield and East LA. Okay, that's it. There is no other high school football game that is bigger that that was bigger than Carson and Banny. We averaged. At least twenty thousand. So from an attendance standpoint. From an attendance standpoint, we never played that game at a high school. Where where was it at then? We either played that game at uh, Long Beach Vet, East LA, or the Coliseum. Wow. The Coliseum. Yes, we played the Coliseum. A high school game. Oh my. Was your coach you played a high school game? You played a high school game. <laughs> I looked it up. Mm-hmm. He's like, insane. I think he's fifth now. One, two. Either way, that's six now for wins, but still. And 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 he hasn't coached mm-hmm. in a very long time. Yeah, that's incredible. So was football was football always the number one thing? Like, oh, that was the love of my life. Mm-hmm. Football was my girlfriend. It was everything. Yeah, it was numero uno. From, like, how early of an age did you know, like, I am focused 100% on football and this is going to be? My first year of playing tackle football, I was seven. Wow. So I knew that I was pretty good because I was able to play with my brothers, who's obviously three years older than me. Yeah. So my first football team, I played at five, four and Mm -hmm. a half, five. After I broke my kneecap, came back. (laughs) And I was able to play, and I played football at the age of five, played flag, and, you know, I'm playing with seven, eight, nine-year-olds. Yeah. That's good. Two years later, I'm playing tackle yeah. because my mom cannot keep me off the field. If he's going to play, I'm going to play. Yeah. If if all of them are going to play, 
there is no way you're going to be able to keep me up. So she just, you know, didn't fight it, and she allowed me to play, and they they, uh, actually made a fake birth certificate for me because you cannot play tackle (laughs) football at seven. (laughs) Determined. Well, yes, and and which caused some controversy because Uh, I I did not know how old I was actually until I got caught. Really? I got caught. I got caught. Um, it was my... Because usually you fake an age because you're too old and you're playing down. Right. But you were faking I was age faking an age to be up. Man. Well, I didn't know that I was faking an age. That's yeah. the whole point. <laughs> so this was pretty much parent, parental yeah. and coach's decision, not yeah. kid's decision. I just wanted to play. Yeah. And um, so they actually, you know, made a fake birth certificate for me. Um, That's crazy. <laughs> and what happened was, this was probably about four years later. So obviously, I've you know gained experience playing football. Yeah. Uh, at this point, it was pretty good. And my mom brought my real birth certificate. To so you believed you were an older age that whole time. I was playing with guys that were older. I thought I was their <laughs> age. It just made sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, uh, right? It just it just made sense. And here it is. I I go to um, to register for this year's football team. Yeah. Uh, football season, and they look at the birth certificate. They look at me, and they go, "There's no way he's going to be able to play at this level." And she's going, "Why? This has been his team for the last four years." And they look and they said, uh, "Not this kid." This birth certificate says this kid is this age, and she just immediately put her head down, like kind of shame. I'm like, so I'm not old enough to play. <laughs> so how old am I? Even though clearly you're big enough and talented enough. Like, so really, I'm not. So I had to play my 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 real age. You know, my, I had to play my real age group. Oh my! You just had to. That, and that's that's everybody. when it, that's when the domination really really began. Oh, man, <laughs> because I was so used to playing two divisions and two yeah. age groups higher. This was like peewee to you. <laughs> like I was I was actually it was the year we were I were we were just we were going into junior midget. Okay. So we were uh, like junior varsity for you know guys that are getting ready to go into middle school. Yeah. So or or that are already in middle school, and I was still in elementary. Yeah. So I was with them and had to come back and play with, like, fifth and sixth graders. And you're like, oh, this game's easy. Oh, my gosh. It was it was, it was, my, it was, it was uh, sad for a little bit, but then I just kind of turned that into yeah, anger because I couldn't play with my team that I've been playing with. Yeah. And, and, you know, I was hurting quite a few kids. That's just yeah, so you're dominant. <laughs> 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 what Man. position did you play at that age? I uh, played middle linebacker and fullback. And then, yeah, so. you could definitely hurt some of those too. <laughs> <laughs> so then, high school, were you still playing both sides of the ball in high school? Um, in high school, um, because my brother was, he is, not was, but he is still um, the record holder at our high school for uh, receiving yards. Oh. Um, he he had the single best. Um, receiving uh, season of any Carson athlete ever. Wow. He had his senior year 55 receptions for 
uh, over 1,300 receiving yards and 23 receiving touchdowns. <laughs> wow. <laughs> as a receiver. Uh, which is, wow. Which is <laughs> the, which will never be broken. Yeah. Unless something crazy happens. I from, from, you know, we say never. We always hope. We He actually wants it to get broken. Yeah. You know, he's egging on that. Yeah. He he wants someone to break his record. But we don't see it happening anytime soon, um, that record. That's um, so, obviously, when the coaches saw me, they saw him. Yeah. So, they're like, oh, you have to play receiver. And I'm more defensive-minded. Yeah. But because uh-huh. high school, they you know, you want to impress the coaches. and Like, okay, yeah, yeah, you know, okay. and I was I good at offense. So, when they saw me play receiver – they're like, oh, you're just like your brother. And that ticked me off and triggered yeah, me. Like, I don't want to. I'm me. I'm, I'm me. my own person. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, so I quickly made sure that I went back to the defensive side of the ball. And then they were like, oh, you <laughs> are <laughs> different from him. You're actually better at this. <laughs> so that was, that was, um, so in high school, I played strong safety. Oh, nice. Um, we won the championship. Um, definitely. Uh, we actually have one of the. The best defenses in California state history. Wow. You still have your ring? It was stolen. Oh. It was stolen when I went to college. It was wow. stolen out of my locker. Dang. Why would somebody want someone else's championship yeah, ring? that's ridiculous. Mm, I don't know if it was more envy. I'm thinking it was wow. some of the guys that were from Southern California that took my ring out of spite just because we were good and they that's weren't. so dumb. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Petty yeah, to it was insane level. It was... Uh, it was stolen from me. But with Jocelyn's, you can get. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to get me a new one. Good. I have to get me a new one now Good. to kind of gloat in, As in, you should. in people's faces a little bit. So then moving to college, where did you go to college? Uh, out of high school, uh, I went to Fresno State. Okay. And then I ended up leaving Fresno State and went to Fresno City College. And then I transferred from Fresno City College to Texas A&M Commerce. Wow. Oh. Yeah. So what what was kind of the process? I mean, did you have offers? What did going to Fresno State look like? What well, for me, um, you know, it, it it looks a lot different than it does today as far as the recruiting. We yeah. didn't, I mean, just with technology and things yeah, of that it's nature, it's, it's completely different. So, you know, you actually had to put a, VH, a VHS tape together. Yeah. Um, you actually had to mail your tape out to yeah. schools. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> You know, with papers that had your stats and yep. stuff like that in it. Um, so it, w- it was a lot different. Um, again, having a brother who was as highly, you know, decorated and, and wanted. Because out of high school, he had opportunities to go play at Miami. Um, he could have. But, he, you know, he's he's a West Coast kid all the way. He is a California. <laughs> he sense. does not want to leave the state of California yeah. or didn't. And, um so instead of going away right away, he went to El Camino just huh. because he wanted to stay home, closer mm-hmm. to my mom. Yeah. Um, you know, a little bit family dynamics at that time. My, you know, my mom and dad are split. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was a big shock, you know, for us. Yeah. You know, so as the men, you know, we all wanted to stay closer to mom. So he, you know, elected to, you know, stay a couple years back, mm-hmm. um, you know, do junior college before he actually, you know, moved on. And then um, we had an opportunity to go to school together. So, uh, and that was and that was his decision. He had, he could have went to LSU. He could have went wow. to Cal Berkeley. 
But he made the choice based off of where I was going to be able to go. Oh, wow. So we went together. We went to school together. Was that really Texas or was that? That was Fresno, Fresno? State. Okay. So he played at Fresno State. I didn't end up playing at Fresno State because I left. Mm. Yeah. Um, my require I didn't have uh, the the SAT and the mm. and the GPA. I had it, you know. Obviously, it was it was good enough to get into the school. Yeah. But they had this rule back then, which was called Prop 48, which meant that you're eligible to go to school. You just lose your first year of mm. of eligibility, uh, so you can get caught up. Yeah. It's uh, like a red shirt. It's like it's like a red shirt, but you lose that year. Oh so, wow. So instead of having five to play four, I had four to play three. Yeah. So I didn't. So so that's why I left Fresno State and went to the junior college because I didn't want to lose a year. Of college football. So that's why I went. I went to when I went to Fresno City. um, I was end up being the number two corner in the nation. Um, I had thirty eight Division one offers. I verbally committed to Ohio State uh, coming out. Wow. And because you, because an 18 year old was allowed to have his own apartment, um, mm-hmm. his brother, who was not his dad, is going to school also. Yeah. Um, this is where life kind of took a turn for me. I didn't know Christ in college, in high school. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't know Christ in high school and early college uh, for myself. Yeah. I knew of him through my mother's relationship and mm-hmm. other people. But I didn't have a personal relationship with him um, during that time. So, you know, typical, I was a typical college student who was an athlete at the time, you know, able, skipping class because I could, um, you know, hanging out with the wrong people, doing the wrong things. And, you know, when it came time to, you know, all these schools are coming down and looking at me and, and, you know, Get, I, you know, they I received you know uh, letters of intent and and uh, you know official offers from these schools to come down to the national signing day, and you know to hear the disappointment that you know they were disappointed at me mm-hmm. because I led them astray because I knew that I didn't have the grades to go to yeah. Ohio State and all those schools because I knew I was I was skipping skipping class not yeah. doing the work. So, um, you know, it was a, a eye-opening experience for me, which is why I went to Texas A&M Commerce, which mm-hmm. is a Division II school. Um, and how I chose that school was, I just said, the first school that I'm able to get into. Yeah. Because the process was long for me just because of the level of athlete that I was in the eyes of these schools being the number two. So I literally, no kidding, on National Signing Day, I had about 20 schools call me because they would call you and say, "Hey, we want to sign you. We want all, you know, we, you know, and and for them, they kept saying, "Well, we didn't we didn't see your name go across the wire." Yeah, we didn't see you know, you didn't, you know, you didn't we didn't see that you signed with anyone. So, you know, are are we still do we do we still have an opportunity? We still have an yeah. end. We're going to run your transcripts. And it wasn't until about eight o'clock at night. Um, it was a totally exhausting day, and Cal Berkeley was Cal Berkeley was the last school um, that that called me, and um, I'll never forget the words from this. From, I don't even remember the coach's name. Yeah. But I remember he called back in like ten minutes, and um, and he said, "You're gonna ruin your future." Hmm. He said, "You have everything in front of you." He said, "I don't." 
He said, I, I don't know you. He said, but I hear that you're an awesome young man. You're a good young man, but I don't know what you're battling with. I don't know what or who you're trying to impress, but if I were you, and I would change circle groups. Mm. He's like, because you're going to ruin your future. Wow. You have a bright future ahead of you. You know you can play this game, and you can play this game for a very long time. But you're going to ruin it, but you're going to ruin it yeah. if you continue going in the direction that you're going. And, um, you know, that advice is is something that um, it caused me to kind of go into a shell because everyone is looking at me like, where are you signing? Where are yeah, you going? We have pressure. all these, you know, every school that's coming up here is coming up here for you. And, um, you know, and it was a bit of shame because I knew that I was not eligible. I knew I wasn't doing the work. And now the spotlight was put on me as far as the things that I was not doing. Yeah. How I was not taking care of my responsibilities in my in in, in my business, and um, you know I ended up choosing the first school, which was you know this Division two school, and they called and I was like, well, you know, at this time I was just kind of like fed up, like, well, if you can get me in, I'm coming. <laughs> and and he was like, well, we can get you in, son. I was like, well, I'm coming. He's like, are you serious? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm coming. He said, but you haven't even seen the school. I said, do you want me or not? <laughs> it's, it's just that simple. Yeah. And I signed to a school that I never seen before, I never heard of before, I never visited <laughs> anything. Yeah. They sent me papers, I signed it, and I got a, a plane ticket <laughs> in the next few months saying that I was going to Texas A&M Commerce, East Texas. Wow. Yeah. And it is there where my relationship with the Lord began. Hmm. Let's let's go down that path then. <laughs> what did, what did how did that come about? So you mentioned that you had at least seen, known about Jesus a bit through your mom and stuff. But what what changed? Well, it was third party. It was all third party. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like well, I know him through you. Well, yeah. I really don't know him. I just know of him because you talk about him yeah. but I didn't have a personal relationship with him myself mm-hmm. and and that's something that you know drastically changed for me here it is I'm going to the school in, in Texas and the day that I land uh, in Texas uh, I get a phone call saying that I have a uh, daughter on the way Wow. the very huh. first day that I land in Texas wow and, you know, so, so, you know, things are happening really fast, mm-hmm. uh, for me. Um, and, you know, the first adult's decision of my life I had to make yeah, because her mom wanted to get an abortion. Mm. Wow. And I said, no. Mm. And that was the, the biggest decision for me. That was bigger than anything else. Mm-hmm. And that was the most uh, realistic point of my life because I was either going to cause life not to happen for someone or I was going to man up and take responsibility for my actions. And I chose to man up and take responsibility for my actions. And um, she didn't like it. Because she she didn't like it. She wanted an abortion. Yeah. And, you know, for the next uh, six months while I was in Texas, like, my life was like living hell in a sense. It was great that, you know, I'm playing football. 
but knowing that I have life on the way in California mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. the mother of, of my child was not, she was, let's just say she was angry. I bet. So we didn't have pleasant conversations because mm-hmm. I didn't adhere to her request to, you know, want to have an abortion. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was, it was rough. So, you know, I was, you know, football at that time in college was an outlet for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, more so than it was, this is, you know, I'm enjoying it because this is a gift that, you know, it was, it was, it was a relief from life for me. And, um, the funny, the funny story about, you know, how, um, I came to know Christ was I had a speech class my first semester and during football season. Mm -hmm. And, um, the topic that I had to speak on this week was religion. Huh. I'm like, you know, great. You give me, <laughs> I, and we literally pulled out of just a random hat, topics, yeah. random topics. Wow. And mine's was religion. And I was pretty good at writing. So, you know, I fabricated the stories of what it looks like to have a relationship with God. And, and, you know, again, speaking more third party, but trying to make it sound like as firsthand experience yeah. Knowing that I did not have a, an experience takes, with him takes being a good writer to be able to pull that off. <laughs> and 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 I I did a very good job. <laughs> I did I did such a good job that me and my best friend, my my my, my best friend that I met there uh, to this day, um, we decided, hey, let's go to church. <laughs> let's give this that a try. We sounded good. <laughs> <laughs> You wrote now, so well that you convinced yourself. Now, that, now that. I would be lying if I said that that was the only reason why we chose to yeah. go to church. There were some very beautiful ladies That's, yeah. at college <laughs> that went to this specific list. church, and we said, hey, let's, let's church. not just go to church. <laughs> we're going to go to that church that they go to. Yeah. And uh, we did, and we went. And ironically, the pastor's message was my speech almost word for word. Wow. And to the point where now everybody who was in my speech class, including my best friend, are looking at me in church. Yeah. And I had, you know, I'm I'm sweating. I'm confused. I'm like, <laughs> how, how does someone speak on the same thing that you just spoke on and 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 i was intrigued so right after the service i go straight to the pastor and you know me and my best friend and 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 i'm like pastor i said what you just spoke on i just did a speech on friday he said really son i said yeah you what you just spoke on i just wrote a paper on he said praise the lord you're going to speak next sunday (laughs) (laughs) what Okay. Kid you not. He said, you're going to speak next Sunday. And before my flesh could answer, I told him yes. Wow. And the following Sunday was the scariest Sunday in church in my life. He literally waited to like the last 15 minutes of service. So he let me get through all the service, sweating it out. Yeah. And and I convinced my best friend, I said, you got to come up there with me. There's no way I'm going to get up there by myself 
and speak to adults <laughs> and our peers. <laughs> Never. Oh man. And 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 you know, and then he go, Oh, we have a treat. And I just drop my head. I'm like, <laughs> Oh, here we go. Here we go. He's gonna say, he's gonna call me up. And he called me up. And um I remember it. He, um, I was only able to remember one thing from from that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know our football season was coming to a close, or it just finished, and um, we were we knew we were going to run track. Mm-hmm. Um, we were going to run track, so um, we had started practicing with the track team a little bit towards the tail end of football season because you have, you know, indoor track season, winter track, yeah. so. Um, you know, we were kind of preparing for, for all of those things. And, and, um, the Lord gave me this visual that life is like a relay Hmm. and that it's important for us to run our leg to the best of our ability and then we pass it forward. And if we do this successfully, we'll cross the goal line Victor or the finish line victorious together Hmm. because we all ran our race and we ran our leg. And and that's the only thing that I remember from that time that I spoke. Yeah. And right after service, uh, one of the uh, elder ladies of the church, she came and she was just weeping, just saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. And, you know, I'm looking at my friend like, what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> I just made that up a week ago. I don't even know what's going on. And the, and, and the pastor's like, well, I guess we found us ourselves our, a junior pastor. What? <laughs> Now, 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 I did. We did continue to go on and off to the church because I still was battling at this time, like what just happened, yeah. trying to process. Yeah. Because cool. I still did not have a relationship with Christ during this time. Yeah. Which is ironic that a pastor did, would allow me in his pulpit to speak to his congregation, but that's what led me to believe and, and, and just really receive that this was a God thing. Right. And truth like, is truth, like that, wherever it comes from. Right, and it was just so crazy that that you know now God did exactly what He wanted to do. Yeah, and He got me to start asking questions for myself. Well, why is? Well, who are you to me? Yeah, mm-hmm. and I would start having these walks at night on campus, and in Texas, it's so beautiful at night because all the mm-hmm. stars are out. So I'm getting a chance to see his, the, the, the vastness of his creation yeah. on display, you know, in a place that it doesn't look like out here. Not and it's just so no. beautiful at night. And I'm just, I'm just talking to him and, you know, I, I start weeping and, 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 you know, because I do want to know because I got a daughter mm-hmm. on the way, you know, life is moving fast. I don't know. My, my father is not in the picture, so I don't have a healthy mm-hmm. example of what a father is. Just all these things were just kind of rotating in my head all at one time. Yeah. And and until the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, well, I'm your heavenly father. Hmm. You're going to learn how to be a father through me, your relationship with me. So you're going to learn who and what a father is through your through, through, through my relationship with you. That's powerful. And that was how I was led to... Accept him as my personal Lord and Savior. That's incredible. So did, what were there you go? Did you ever tell that pastor at the time that you were like, by the way, I'm not like, <laughs> like I'm not all in yet. Like <laughs> yeah, I did. I told him. 
And and he says, son, I know. <laughs> and and the reality, you know, he was speaking to the future me. Huh. Do you ever have contact with him at all I, anymore? I, I lost complete contact with him. Huh. I mean, because, again, it was, you know, the Bible calls us or, you know, he, he – Jesus reminds us that we're, we're, we're planters and waterers. Mm. Right? He said one plants, one waters, but it's God who provides the increase. So we're just mm. spiritual gardeners. Yeah. Huh. So, you know, he did his job. He did. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Right? He did his job. And sometimes as a gardener, you don't see all the fruit or yeah. the vegetation yeah. come and, and, and blossom. Yeah. But that does not nullify the work that you were called to do, yeah. to till the soil, to plant the seed, to water, trust and fa- have faith and keep watering mm-hmm. and keep watering. So he did his job. And I I'm, I know I will see him Yeah. Um, and, and be able to thank him for the job that he, he has done in my life, mm-hmm. um, which is amazing. So in that early time, like what, so you were having those intentional individual moments with God, um, but what, what caused the relationship to grow? How were the relationships around you? Like what else was helping cultivate this newfound? Well, honestly, it was my daughter. (laughs) She was the, she was the birth of it all. Um, because Literally. I wanted yeah. to be a healthy example for her. Mm-hmm. And knowing that the man that I was being and previously was not, take that back, not man, the male mm-hmm. that I modeled for her um, was not the man that I knew she needed mm-hmm. for her life and that I needed to be. Mm-hmm. So something was going to have to give. Yeah. Either I was going to continue to be a male or I was going to accept God's call and grow into being a man. Hmm. What? Where did that – because almost anybody, a lot of people in your similar position early on would have said, no, get the abortion. Life's too crazy. I got to do my own thing. Or even after – like there's a guilt that can come from that. So like even saying no, have the baby. Like I don't want to be responsible for that. But there's still so many steps along the way where you could have easily pulled back. Where any any individual in that position could have not had that internal mm-hmm. passion and desire to move in that direction. Like was there were there conversations with people? Was there other influences? Or was that genuinely just God overwhelmingly working in your heart to push you in that way. Well, it was definitely the orchestration of the Lord because the main thing that took place with me leaving California, coming to Texas, was mm-hmm. he got me away from all of my influences. Yeah. From any and everything and every person that had influence in my life. So he got me by myself. Yeah. So the only thing that I had to do or, or the only thing that I really could do was look to who? Mm-hmm. So he isolated me, yeah. and then he re he reclassified my friend group. So the best friend that I speak of today, we accepted the Lord together. Yeah. We've been walking together with Christ 
for over 20 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he he reclassified who the people that were around me, as we know that bad company corrupts good character. Yep. So he made sure that I was not in bad company because he saw that the, my heart's cry, that I really wanted to be a man. Yeah. That I really wanted to do right and do things correctly. And that I really wanted to have this earnest relationship with a father, mm-hmm. my heavenly father. And I wanted to know who he was for myself because that's the conversation that came up, you know, with the, the me and God conversation. And it was as we're talking, I said, okay, you know, I know you through people, so I don't know you. I don't. I don't know you. I hear about you. I've heard about you growing up, all these different things. But I don't know you. I don't have a relationship with you. Yeah. But I want to. And I challenged him. I said, if you're real, show me. He said, show me if you're real. And lo and behold, he showed me that he was real. <laughs> and 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 that was that was more than enough for me. That's all I needed. Mm-hmm. And and from that point on, I was able to 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 run forward. I was able to. I I, I got the prize in front of me. I'm able to run the race that that, that is set yeah. before me now. And along the way, he started placing key people to water that seed in me. So there was youth pastors in in Texas. Yeah. I'm, my first FCA was at that school in Texas oh, that wow. I started going to. That's where I got introduced to FCA wow. in college there, not knowing that later that I would be on staff with FCA. It was never even a part. It was just, you know, it was pizza and pretty girls that were <laughs> athletic, yeah. right, that I knew loved Jesus for real because they didn't go to no party. I'm like, we're like, you guys go to our school. <laughs> 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 like, I've never seen you guys out. Yeah, Where you guys been? Right. So, you know, oh, you guys been here. So I'm going to start coming to FCA. Um, and God really started working on my heart. Right. He started, he started working on my heart. And then, you know, the value and appreciation for women changed. Mm-hmm. I was having a daughter. Yeah. You want people looking at your daughter like, how do you want people treating your daughter? Yeah. So I'm like, whoa, like, like, okay, okay, like, think like I have to change. Yep. So you know, it was apparent for me to, if if I was going to walk with him, if I was going to live this life, that I could not be old wine and new wine skin. That I had to be new wine and new wine skin. So I accepted the skin. So which means that I had to be new wine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then, so how long, what was the rest of your time out there like? How long, how long were you at? I was, I was, I I played one year there. Mm -hmm. And again, I was, you know, spiritually, I was heading in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Emotionally, mentally, I was everywhere. I was, I I was a wreck. You have to be between school and football and daughters. I got school. How can I go to school when I'm I'm so interested in the Lord? Now, yeah. now I'm you know I'm <laughs> I'm studying more about the Lord. I'm not going to class as much. Yeah. Not like ditching now just because I want to ditch, but now I'm actually studying about Passionately who Christ is. My, my, you know, um, I'm still playing sports and 
you know, and I got a daughter on the way, and it's like, wow. So, you know, I made an executive decision after track um, that I left school. I was on scholarship. I left the school to come home because I wanted to be a father Yeah. Um, to my daughter. And, you know, again, like, so far from reality, you know, just thinking, oh, okay, I got the Lord on my life. Like, everything is just fine now. Everything's going to be okay her mom is just she she's going to see the Lord on me and everything is going to change and, and it's going to be all right. Little did I know <laughs> that the decision I made was the decision that I made, that yeah. other people did not make that decision. Exactly. That was going to be my next question is like, OK, you come back to California and now things are very different than when you left. California. Oh, yes. So what I mean, how did how did family react and encourage support? How did how were things with your daughter with? Her mom, how like how did everything? What was returning like? Uh, returning was was exciting and tough yeah. because I was excited to share this newfound relationship that I had. Yeah. Um, like any new believer, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're on fire, like majorly. Yeah. And no one, you know, you're talking to a passionate person who is competitive. <laughs> you can't just un- you 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 cannot box that away. I yeah. don't know how to box that away. So you know the 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 leader, the the captain of the football team, the teammate, that guy was the same guy I was in Christ. So I come on like, hey guys, you're going to hell. <laughs> right? So I'm my sure, brothers are looking sure at that me. over well. What are you talking yeah, about? Like, Says the guy that was just smoking weed with me like yeah. three months ago. Like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> that would be so. <laughs> so it was. So it was. It was a different, you know, dynamic for me because yeah. no one told me any. I, it was no rules. I didn't have a mentor in Christ. Yeah. It was literally me and him. Yeah. And whoever he brought to water me along the way. But there was no, I didn't have, you know, um, you know, someone as a mentor walking me through this relationship with Jesus Christ at the time. So um, it was rough. Um, You know, obviously, if I'm telling my family and my daughter's mom that they're going to hell if they don't get themselves right and. Um, I'm this different person and, and, um, hosting Bible studies. So I created Bible studies in my mom's living room (laughs) for the whole family. Why they agreed. I'm still not, I'll I'll ask them. They really love you. They really do love me. I am the baby boy. (laughs) Yeah. So baby boy still has some weight and whole (laughs) privileges. So they all, they all came and I did a Bible study with them that I led and we just kind of opened up and aired out. And, you know, I ended up pissing my mom off because she's like, boy, I've been walking with Jesus longer than (laughs) But it was just, it was, it was a necessary thing because it really showed me that I was all in. Mm -hmm. More than anything else that I was all in. Mm -hmm. And I was still thumbing through what is, what did that mean? Yeah. You know, up late nights, crying, um, reading, um, listening to. Um, music at the time, the the only album that I that I listened to was was uh was uh Kurt Franklin's um I forget the name of this God's Property. Okay. God's Property. That was that was my that was my safe place. They had so many different songs on there that just spoke to me. 
um, just through the, through the Holy Spirit in different aspects that just um, I knew that God had me. There was just a, a calm and a peace in the midst of whatever I was going through. Uh, he gave me that unspeakable joy. Yeah. It, I was no longer chasing happiness, something that, that a sport can give me, that a person can give me, but that a sport can take away and that a person can take away. Mm-hmm. That's happiness. He gave me joy, everlasting, something that does not come f- from a man or a person or a thing, but straight from God that no one has the ability or right to take away. Yeah. And, and and here I was learning what that was, and I had an opportunity to... to um, to learn and, and and to to receive that, you know, for myself. So mm-hmm. it was it was tough because I didn't have those happy moments with my daughter early on yeah. because her mom was in a different uh, place and space, and we were not together. You know, it wasn't like we were. You know, I tried to make it that way, especially once I gave my life to Christ. It was like, okay, we got to do it right. Yeah. But when, you know, two people are in, in two different places and spaces, you yeah. know, you it's, it doesn't always go that way. So, yeah. um, you know, it was it was rough. It was rough. And, you know, I, you know, honestly, you start questioning God like I, I gave my life to you. I'm I'm, I'm walking with you. I'm, I'm doing this it. is all supposed to work out. Now. Yes. You know, I'm thinking like it's a magical pill. Like, like yeah. it, everything is just going to magically just just smooth out. And that's, you know, obviously just the rough nature of being a, a, a young believer mm-hmm. um, in Christ. You don't understand, uh, you know, you we 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 suck up the goodness and we don't we overlook the other aspect that God speaks about in his word. Right. Yeah. About, you know, the reality that, you know, we're going to be persecuted, that things are, are just because you receive me. That doesn't mean that, you know, everything is just automatically going to transform. Right. So it's a process. So it was it was definitely a process for me. So now you're at this point and now the future has to look completely different than what the future looked like before. So what what was that process like? What did did school continue in a new place? Did you have a new path laid out? Like it had it had been football, football, football for the longest time. Was right. that still the goal or did things change like what happened on that front uh well i a realization of why the gift was given to me became more apparent mm-hmm. that for the longest football was the destination yeah when all along it was meant to be a vehicle mm-hmm. but i valued this vehicle so much that you know i thought that that i had already arrived because i'm looking at the physical gifts that I couldn't give myself that came from the Lord mm-hmm. and I'm gloating and glorifying them thinking that it's going to get me to this promised land of professional, you know, playing at the professional level. Yeah. And if I don't make it, then, you know, I'm not worthy because you've been hyped up as being this caliber athlete that, Oh man, he's definitely going to the NFL. He's definitely going to be this. And, you know, um, it didn't work out for me that way where I didn't play in the NFL. I was I tried out for many NFL teams and they loved me. But because of the time period of when I stopped playing football, um, tried to be a dad, left school, Mm -hmm. all those different things. And then went back to 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 school. I never played college again after my junior year. Mm -hmm. Just 
with the rough terrain. Yeah. So I, I went and I played in the CFL. I went, yeah. you know, so my first professional career or, or my first professional football team was in the Canadian Football League. So by the time, you know, I, I spent, you know, two seasons there on and off, you know, trying to get into the NFL, I kind of aged out yeah. of the NFL standards of being a rookie. Although physically and talent-wise, I was better than the guys that were there. But because of this 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 standard that they have age-wise, mm-hmm. you know, we can't have a 28-year-old rookie. Yeah. Right. So it was so it was it was tough. And, but but for me, the blessing of it all was that the NFL, which I placed way up here, I placed even above God. Yeah. At one point in my life that it could not identify who I am, that my identity could not be laced and laid in the NFL. Yeah. Right. Or my value or my worth. So once I got over that and knowing that, hey, I am who I am and my talent is good enough to play in the NFL is good enough to play here or there. But that's not what God has for me. Hmm. And I was able to 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 receive that. Once that happened, I was good. Hmm. Now I was able to use the gift that it was called for to yeah. be a stage. So now my football playing career, it, it it afforded me an opportunity to be able to speak into the lives of our youth. Yeah. I've always wanted to be a youth advocate. And I started working at the YMCA in Torrance. I started, you know, mentoring kids right away. Why? Because... I had a laced past in life rich for them not to ever follow in. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I didn't want another young man or young woman to have to endure the things that I endured on my own merit. Some things and some things not. But I didn't want them to have to endure those things. That's why I was so passionate about being a youth advocate and I'm so passionate about the things that I do now. Mm-hmm. It's because it's because of what I went through. So, how would you describe your current role? Uh, I'm a youth advocate. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's that's uh, that's the best way that I that I can that I can put it. That I am for our youth, and I think it's important for us to uh, prioritize, uh, you know, early learning stages um, of uh, our young people and being able to a model for them, you know, what it looks like, B, um, to give them healthy environments to grow in and to thrive in um, and, and and be able to try out life, Yeah. Um, knowing that you're going to fail, you're going to fall, but as long as we're in this test trial area, right, then it's, it's, it's going to be better for you because you're around people who, who are for you not against you, that are not going to prey on you mm-hmm. because you go out there, it's no longer a trial. Yeah. So it's important for, you know, it was important for me to make sure that, that they had an opportunity to uh, to learn from me, learn of me. I'm an open book. And, you know, that was that was my goal is that I wanted to be an open book for our youth and mm-hmm. I wanted to, I, I wanted to be for them and a part of their village. What are what are tangible ways that you have set out to do that? That you have accomplished that? Like what what are because that's like big idea, big picture. That's you know, and that's awesome. 
But like, what does that actually look like? What have you done that? So, since? so working with FCA mm-hmm. is a tangible aspect of being a youth advocate because I do campus ministry. Mm-hmm. So, um, working for this pair ministry allows me an opportunity to be an example, to plant and water seeds into our young people, to model for them what it looks like to to have a relationship with Christ, what it looks like to be a husband, what it looks like to be a father, mm-hmm. um, all those different aspects of life that they're not there yet, but to give them healthy views of what it looks like for them future, you know, uh, future wise. But, you know, that's that's one way. The other way, being a youth pastor, um, having an opportunity to um, speak to our youth at Mission Ebenezer has, has really been a blessing for me, mm-hmm. uh, giving me an opportunity. And then being a football coach or being a life coach uh, through sport and being a trainer, um, using the, the language of sports to speak life into them, to be hands-on and to be able to, you know, apply God's word in, in, in just a parable fashion for them to where they're able to understand and digest. That it's not so super spiritual that that it's going to go over their head, but yeah. I want it to be relatable and something that they can actually apply into their lives, you know, principles. So those are these are just, you know, some ways that, you know, I, I've tangibly throughout the years have, you know, kind of taken this this broad scope of being a youth advocate into individual areas of, of my life over the past years. I have a couple other things to end on because – I know you said you got to get going pretty soon, so we don't want to keep you too long. But did you have any? Uh, yeah, I have a few, but they're kind of really personal. So if you're okay with that, I I just said that I was an open book. <laughs> I, you know, sometimes I'm like, yeah. so um, with having the daughter early on and stuff like that, are you still like, how how is your relationship with her today? That's my baby girl. <laughs> Kayla is my girl. She's a she's a junior at Cal State Northridge. Um, and our relationship is awesome. Good. Um, you know, she's now going through, you know, identity things as far as, you know, not living with my dad, uh, but he's always here, mm-hmm. you know, and and so she's going through life. The beautiful thing is she has a dad that's present mm-hmm. and that wants to be there. Yeah. Um, that is fighting hard. I fought hard yeah. to be a part of her life. Yeah. Um, you know, to the point where it was like, you know, telling her mom pretty much. You know, it doesn't matter. I'm here. So, you know, you're going to be mad at me. It doesn't matter. I'm here. And, you know, I'm not here for you. Again, kind of being callous and rough, not, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that could be kind of hard telling someone that I'm not here for you. I'm here for the baby. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But but it was the truth. And that's where, you know, my responsibility lied was I wanted my daughter to know that, um, she was loved, you know, that her earthly father yeah. um, is going to point into the direction of her heavenly father. Good. And then you have other kids too, right? I do. I do. I'm now uh, married, um, 15 to be 16 years nice. in, in uh, March. So just in a couple months, we'll be celebrating 16 years. I have a, my oldest son, Micah, is 11. He'll be 12 in April. Uh, Caleb, my second son, he just turned five in November. And then Gracie, the baby girl, uh, she'll be three next week. Oh, wow. So 
Yeah. And so, so do they have a good relationship with her also? They do. And good. they she loves them and, and they love her and you know, it's you know, she's a college student so mm-hmm. they don't see her yeah. Yeah. as often because you know, she's a college student. Yeah. <laughs> um but they they love the time that they have, good. you know, to share together. You know, my it's it's funny you say that because my my uh, Micah, my 11-year-old, he's in middle school, and now he desires that time with her. Hmm. He's like, I want to see my sister. I want to talk That's to awesome. my sister. That's good. You know, yeah. he, he wants to be a little brother, and he wants to, you know, have someone that that is not mom or dad to be able to speak life into him and have yeah. that type of relationship. So for him That's to cool. have that desire and for, for it to be there, it's, it's amazing. I love seeing it. That's cool. And how did you meet your wife? I met her at the YMCA. Nice. Hey. So when I was uh, when I when I quote unquote retired from the CFL, the yeah. Canadian Football League, because I knew I had this passion to want to be a part of you know young people's lives and be this youth advocate, and, and how can I do that? Well, there's always this thing called the YMCA that just <laughs> stood out of my mind. Where it was like a million kids go to the YMCA, yeah. so I was like, okay, I'm a, I'm just gonna go apply at the YMCA. And, I, and they hired me for a summer program, and I met her there, and we got married like a year and a half later. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> and That's then great. I have one more. Well, it's kind of a two-part one, but um, for the CFL, what team did you play for and what position? I played for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, mm-hmm. and I played outside linebacker. Ooh. So I kind of reverted back to my, my youth, early days. My, my, my early days, but... Because the field is so huge in mm. Canada, um, it's not the normal football size yeah. out here. Um, that they they add an extra person, so it's t- it's twelve people on the field instead of eleven out oh, there, wow. which most people didn't know. Yeah. And an outside linebacker was just like a safety. Yeah. Okay. Because you covered yeah receivers that you need extra, a little bit more. So speed. in a way, a bit more speed. In a way, you were pretty much still playing your strong safety role. Just I was lining then, up in a different spot. But but there were. You know, teams that were really smart. Mm-hmm. You have a really, you know, a lot of really smart guys. And go, oh, they got that little guy down there, or that smaller <laughs> guy. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna force him to play. So they would do things that would make me shift yeah. into a regular linebacker position, so they could get linemen down on me. But it didn't work. <laughs> they didn't know that, that little guy was really physical. So you enjoyed your time in the CFL? I did, I did. But again, it was, you know, I was, um, I wasn't all the way there. Yeah. Because your you know? dream was still the big show. You're looking ahead. Not even my my dream was my my dream was was playing in the NFL, but it was it was dissipating mm. because be, because of my identity was no longer in that. Yeah. Yeah. Like b- because of my 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 now walk with Christ mm. and my new passion to want to use this stage and platform to be. And the advocate for our youth, yeah. things changed for me. So it, I didn't have the same desire to want to. And me playing in the NFL was all about me. Yeah, it wasn't about anybody else. Now playing football was not no longer about me anymore. It was how I can use this to be a blessing to others. Hmm. Um, so I have again a two-parter followed by a last question. Um, back in the being youth advocate part, what do you see as the biggest difficulty or roadblock or just struggle that teens have right now Mm -hmm. and what is 
you know, the, um, the most important. What is like one really important thing that like if you wish every parent could hear that they w- that you would share with them? Uh, the first part is uh, I feel the, the the biggest difficulty now is too much exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like what Paul said when he was talking about the law, like, you know, the law exposed him to what sin is. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, he didn't know what adultery. If you if you know, you'll hear like, well, what's adultery? Yeah. Right. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Right. Like, what's adultery? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then you find out <laughs> what adultery is. And you're like, oh, that's what that's it a, is. That's thing. Right. Thou shalt not steal. What is stealing? Yeah. Oh, that's what stealing is. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, so like like Paul said, you know, in, in the book of Romans, he 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 spoke about how. The law exposed or revealed what sin is. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, it's so broadcast and exposed. Like, growing up, like, we didn't have social media. Yeah. We didn't yeah. have, you know, they got it at their hand, at their disposal all the time. Not just kids, even us as adults. It's yeah. right here for us all the time. And I think that, that you know, just looking forward, looking back, that this was his plan. Mm. Because this is the biggest hindrance for us in our youth is just they have so much opportunity to sin. Mm. They have so much opportunity to find out what something is while mom and dad are away at work or they're at school and they have just this open time, you know, being, you know, uh, an idle mind, Mm. you know, being a drifted sheep away from the pack. Mm-hmm. For you know, the roaming lion to seek whom he may devour. Mm-hmm. So you know that that would be, um, you know that for me that's that's the the toughest thing for a teen is, you know, um, they're accelerated in the process of 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 you know seeing things things that we have to you know flip through a magazine and hide yeah. is right there on their phone. Hmm. Yep. You know, so it's so so life is different for them. And, you know, I feel for our babies because, you know, everything is so, you know, um, you know, just at their disposal. Right. Right there. Um, And and what I would say with parents is stay involved, get involved. You're not their friend. So, you know, don't get in the habit of always trying to please your children by, you know, um, being their friend or being liked by them. Um, you're a parent. Um, you're going to have great fun moments with them. You're going to have friendly moments with them. But don't allow those friendly moments to stop you from doing your parental duty of being involved. Look in their notebooks. Look in their phone. Look in their stuff. Be involved. Let them know that you care. Mm-hmm. They may think that you're violating their privacy and that you don't love them. You don't trust them. And that's far from the truth. It's not that you don't trust them. You don't trust the one that's after them. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure that you're doing your job as mom and dad is, to, is, is, is keeping your babies covered. And that's our job. We protect our sheep. Yeah. All right? So uh, that's the one thing I'll say to parents is stay involved. Don't, don't feel like, you know, you're, you're being a nuisance to your children. So what? <laughs> Be a nuisance all day. Yeah. Be the mean person and let them know that, 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 you know, you love them. Don't just be a floater. Don't just be a floater. All right, and then we'll just get you out of here. Uh, the last question. What 
What do you think right now, this time of life, this day to day, what, what is God teaching you right now? Um, actually the same thing is trust, patience, um, because, you know, those are still the same things that I deal with. Um, you know, try to accelerate the process at times. I see something, Oh, let's do this. Lord, let's go right now. Mm -hmm. I've got it. And it's like, it's about my time, not your time. Yeah. Um, so those, those are things that, that I still, um, am, I'm a constant learner. One word that I would never use in my vocabulary about myself or about anyone else is grown. Hmm. The word grown. A lot of people say, well, I'm a grown man. I'm grown. Well, to be grown, the next stage is to be gone. Hmm. A fully yeah. grown flower only has one stage left, and that's to wither and die and, and blow away. I'm not yeah. at, I, I'm a growing man. I am a sponge, and I continue to grow and learn. I don't yeah. cap myself off from from learning and growing. God is constantly teaching me. The level may, the the, the criteria may stay the same. The level may change. Mm -hmm. The information might be put into a different category, but I'm still learning. So, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, we are honored. That you made the time to be here today. We Me know too. you Thank are you busy. Guys. Um, yeah. Thank you uh, so much for joining us today. Um, thank you to the listeners for also joining us today. Um, yeah, that was a great conversation we just had. And yeah, I <laughs> forgot what I was going to say, so it kind of just nice. melted. <laughs> it happened. So we will. We will see you at FCA. Yes, I will see you soon. <laughs> I'm Jacob Bomber. I'm Jake Mathis. And I am Traco Rochelle. Thank you guys for having me. Have a great day.